You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today we're talking threes, three keys to victory, three Florida players to watch for, and three Aggies who are going to be a key point of the team's success when AM takes on the likes of Florida this upcoming weekend at College Station at Kyle Field with an 11 o'clock kickoff. Before we begin, this episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is an online auto park customer service system that has been serving customers for the past 20 years. Go visit rockauto.com and type in the locked on on the how'd you hear about section so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. RockAuto.com is the place to be. As always, before we begin every show, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and listen live every single day on LockedOnPodcast.com. And also, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am Cole Thompson. I'm the host of the show. My name is Cole Thompson. I am a mister. That's my name. Don't worry it out. And I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast, Monday through Friday, we're on every single day. Go ahead and give me a follow, and I will always try to add it to the show. And secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content found on the Locked on Podcast Network. So we're doing threes today. Three storylines to follow, three Aggie players to watch for, and three keys to victory. Along, I'm going to throw in my three quick players from Florida you also need to keep a close eye on. So let's just start off there. When you look at Florida, their defense has struggled immensely this year, but their offense has looked very strong. And it all starts with the quarterback in Kyle Trask. Now, again, Trask, fun little fact about him. He actually grew up in Houston, Texas, and was named after Kyle Field by his family, who all grew up Aggies. And for other people who maybe don't know a little bit more about him, if you ever heard of the quarterback, Derek King, who used to play at the University of Houston and now plays at the likes of Miami, that's because of Kyle Trask's name won't come in the same conversation because he was his backup at Manville High. Then last year when Felipe Franks went down, you were able to see an explosion of offense coming from the Florida Gators, led by number 11. Not only did he keep the team afloat after that game against Kentucky, but he also helped instigate an offense that finished in the top 50 in scoring, ultimately going towards the SEC top of the rankings and, of course, making it to the Orange Bowl. Now this past year, once again, Trask is trimming the hedges and towering his way all the way to Heisman conversation. Week one, it was the Kyle to Kyle show. We'll be talking about the other Kyle in just a little bit, but Trask threw for four touchdowns last week against South Carolina. A little bit of a regression, but he still had a very solid game. So far in the year, he has thrown for over 680 yards, 10 touchdowns, and only one interception. One turnover on the year. That is how you're going to have to beat Kyle Trask. Putting him behind an offensive line that's only allowed three sacks on the year when AM only has three sacks on the year is a bit of a struggle. So the best way to add pressure to any quarterback is by making him feel outside the pocket. Most of Trask's throws that are positive stay when he's inside the pocket. When forced on the run and flustered, he acts like any other average quarterback who we've seen this so far in a limited offseason. So for Trask, Getting him outside the pocket is going to be a massive key for AM. But more importantly, for Trask, he's going to have an opportunity to face off against a top level defense. 
When you look at a and stats, they have played very well against the run. They've done an adequate job against the pass overall. They have created two turnovers in that secondary. So that's an area where I think Trask will worry a little bit. But overall, I look at Kyle Trask, and this is a Heisman type of game for him. If he can come out there, show once again against a better defense, because if you do look at what Ole Miss and South Carolina have, they're nothing special to write home about. A&M is at least in that middle tier in the SEC when it comes to defensive fronts, especially in that front seven. And I do think that with Damani Richardson playing that nickel kind of strong safety role, he does have a bit of a bigger build. That really helps out as well. If Trask wants to prove he is QB1 in the SEC in 2020, this is the game to do so. Now, how, of course, do you do so? You go to your number one target, and that's where you talk about Kyle Pitts. A lot of people might not remember Kyle Pitts from last year because you had so many different weapons, including Freddie Swain, you had Van Jefferson, and you had Tyree Cleveland. Now you lose all three to the NFL, and Trask has to go to a go-to weapon. That's where you go ahead and rely on the likes of Kyle Pitts. And week one was the Kyle to Kyle connection once more. We're talking about Kyle Field. We could be seeing a Kyle to Kyle connection again this upcoming week. But again, four touchdowns on the day for Pitts, the rising senior tight junior tight end in Florida history, one of the premier pass catchers in the SEC. And what he does great is use his size to his ability. He's averaging 9.2 yards per catch. He's doing a great job. Winning upfield. We had a guest by the name of Zach Goodall. If you don't follow him, go follow him. Zach underscore Goodall. He covers the Locked On Gators. Talking about how when you put pressure on the likes of Kyle Pitts, that opens up the field. So for AM, they're going to have to decide which direction would they like to go. Do they go ahead and try to base their, their statistics, their side, their positivity on covering... Tr- Pitts when he's getting thrown to by Kyle and then possibly opening up the outside to allow the wide receivers to win against a young cornerback like Jalen Jones, or do we see an opportunity where Pitts is limited or you see him get wide open because if you're too busy covering this, the outside, either way, Kyle Pitts is a fantastic receiver who does a great job against the second and third line of defense. He can win with his route running. He wins with his size. He has some of the strongest hands that we've seen this past year in the SEC, and he's on his way to probably being the next Florida product. And when I say Florida, I mean just the state of Florida, the sunshine shape, because of the last year they did have Hunter Bryant from Florida Atlantic take home this award, taking home the John Mackey prize at the end of the season. Finally, number three, it's got to be the Gators offensive line. Three total sacks on the year. The Gators rank in the top three in passing yards, passing touchdowns, and in yards per game. They're also ranked in the top five in third down efficiency. That is because of what you have on the offensive line. This is a unit that has allowed three sacks, only 11 pressures on the year. When you have that type of protection, it allows your quarterback to probably boost his numbers. And for a guy like Trask, who was considered a game manager going into 2020, you need someone to pick up that pace. Having an offensive line to be able to block is a detrimental key to success for the likes of Florida. Right now, you've seen their defense be a little susceptible to the pass. You've seen Matt Corral and Colin Hill throw for over 200 yards against a secondary that's supposed to be known as DBU. The reason why Florida sits at 2-0 and likely a heavyweight contender going into this game is because of the offensive line has given Pitts, given Trask, given the receivers time to connect downfield, keep drives alive, and really worry about the passing game. When you look at the run game, both of 
Florida's two top running backs don't have over a hundred yards on the day. Neither one has that. So I look at the way that this team is built. They're built on the offensive line, pass protecting. And when you allow three sacks on the year, it gives you promise for the future. That is where you have to win in the trenches. So three players to watch for when you come down to Florida, watch out for the two Kyles, Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, and of course the offensive line that's going to give them ample time if AM cannot add pressure. Now, as always, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by the likes of rockauto.com. Now, again, there's a lot of people out there who probably have minor car parts that you need to change and you don't want to pay that service fee. So why not use rockauto.com? They're an online auto part service system that has been using customers for the past 20 years. They have a variety of selections from all different parts and modules to keypads to new keys. And you can even find your own exact model for the right price. Ross Jackson from the likes of Locked On Saints was able to get a tailgate that was stolen off the back of his truck, installed himself, and shipped to his house for a fraction of the price. Go visit rockauto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. Rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson on the driver's seat. Talking all things Texas AM. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you love quality podcasts running your favorite sports team? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football league. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen on Spotify. And if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day. Every single day is a Locked On Podcast Day here at LockedOnPodcast.com. Storylines are some of the biggest things that come out of any single game. And when you look at this game in particular, there's a lot of storylines. So why don't we break down our top three? Number one, it's got to be the battle for QB1. Going into the season, you look at what was lost in the SEC. Jake Fromm left the likes of Georgia. You also had Tua Tagovailoa lead the likes of the Crimson Tide in Alabama. And Joe Burrow, who set a brand new SEC record down in the bayou with the Bengals, LSU Tigers, of course, winning the national championship, went number one overall to his new Bengals, which left an opening for QB1 which everyone assumed immediately it was going to Jamie Newman because he had the most experience under center at Wake Forest. Then Jamie Newman, right before the start of the season, elected to opt out, putting now the pressure on Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels, depending on what you thought at the time, to take over as the Georgia man in command, which left Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond being the two most veteran quarterbacks to set the record in 2020. When you look at what Kyle Mott has done, it's average. That's the best way to put it. He's had over 350 passing yards in a game. He's also had barely 178. He's also had three fantastic touchdowns near or in the red zone. He's also had four turnovers, one being an interception, three being fumbles lost on his own. And with him leading the Aggie offense, they've had five turnovers. Of course, because of one coming to the chase lane, fumble towards the red zone. Meanwhile, Kyle Trask on a tear, truly showing what he's able to do when given the right system. The biggest thing that I think we all look at is arm strength. Pound for pound, arm strength goes to Kellen Mott. 
Accuracy, that's got to go to Kyle Trask. But what really determines this is the determination to win. When you see Kellen Mond, he's playing to show AM, who has given him a ton of credit, but he's also taken a ton of heat from the fan base. I can be the guy. I can lead us to a 9-1 and season. And that game against Alabama, it's Alabama. What else are you going to do? Trask is playing for the likes to show, hey, not only am I QB1, but I'm the best dang QB in the nation. And when the season's all said and done, COVID-19 or not, I'm going to be standing on top of that pedestal, hoisting the Heisman. Both these quarterbacks have something to play for going into this weekend, and it should be a matchup that we have to see. Reason number two, battle in the trenches. Let's talk about this for a second. A&M's run defense has been nothing short of impressive in their first three weeks. They were able to hold the likes of Vanderbilt to 164 yards. They were able to hold the likes of Alabama to 138, if I'm not mistaken. And this is a Florida run run offense that's pretty limited. Their lead running back, uh, Damian Pierce, only has 125 yards on the season, if I'm not mistaken, and one touchdown. The rest of the unit combined have roughly the same amount of yards. This is where AM has made their bread and butter, but there is no pass rush. Michael Clemens is the leading sacker on the team with three. Next up is McKinley Jackson with half a sack. To be able to see these two teams kind of find their niches for AM, great against the run, struggles against pass rush. And then when you look at Florida, horrible against runoff, run offense, really good in pass protection. It could be a battle of which ends up coming out stronger. If AM's pass rush can get to Trask, he's going to make mistakes. If AM's run defense can stay at the same level, they're going to be limited on offense, hoping that that downtrodden defense with Todd Grantham can pick up the slack against a Kellen Mond run offense. When you look at it on the opposite side, if Damian Pierce can get away with two big runs for 50 plus yards, maybe that's all you really need to be in place to score a lot of points. And with the pass protection probably playing at an elite level going into a game that feels like a must win for both teams, I feel like they would be playing at a high purpose level. So why would I in one second say whoever does not come strong going into this game with their weakness is not going to walk away a winner? Finding your weakness is the biggest thing to help you be successful. And ultimately, that's what likely should decide the game. Finally, and the big one of all, the battle between two coaches. Third year going in to two programs who were downtrodden in a conference that feels like every single season is talked about as being the front runner to take home the final college football playoff trophy. In 2018, Dan Mullen and Jimbo Fisher were hired respectively to Gainesville and College Station. Now one was hired on a lesser deal to a 4-8 and eight Gators team that had no rhythm or consistency with Jim McElwain. The other one was hired to replace Kevin Sumlin, who despite starting his career off at AM with a hot streak at 10-2, and two, diminished in the fan base. Was paid $75 million guaranteed over a 10-year deal for $7.5 million a season. And since, AM has gone 8-4, 7-5, 1-1. and, four, seven, five, one and one to give him a grand total of 18 and 10 to begin his Aggie career. Dan Mullen taking less money, working with lesser players overall when you look at recruiting status, and also a quarterback that had not started 
since his sophomore year at Manville High, has gone 23-5 and with three appearances in New Year's Six Bowls. He's also 4-3 and against top 10 opponents where you look at Jimbo Fisher, who's 0-10, who's 0-5. You look at him in the SEC West, one's 9-4. and The other one is 1-7. and who could be technically 0-8 if we were talking about that give-me-over-7-overtime victory against LSU, which then could have been decided if Ed Orgeron and the team did not get a penalty call. We're talking about two different coaches who are playing for something. One's playing for respect. One's playing to earn it. And 9 out of 10 would probably say Dan Mullen has to play for the chance to earn respect, while Jimbo Fisher's already had it. Simple. He's a quarterback whisperer. He's worked with quarterbacks in the past. He made Matty Mock one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. He also helped transform Jameis Winston and the likes of EJ Manuel and Christian Ponder into first-round picks. But in the reality, it's Jimbo Fisher earning the respect from Aggie fan bases. The 12th man is trying to contend as one of the top teams in the SEC, in a juggernaut that is the SEC West. How can you do that with a guy who outside of those two seasons with Winston has a pretty 500 record. To me, getting a big-time win over Florida not only is detrimental to the Aggie success, but it leaves a lasting imprint on Jimbo Fisher's legacy. Not just at College Station, not just in Tallahassee, but in college football as one of the better coaches in the league. Now, of course, this episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. You've probably heard all the promos in the past about Built Bar, but not only can you enjoy the old 12 flavors, you can enjoy six new flavors, including apple almond crisp, carrot cake, and peanut butter brownie. Now, these are very tasty chocolate bars that really are chocolate bars instead of protein bars because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And their nougat center is soft and easy to chew. More importantly, they're great for someone on the keto diet because they're low sugar, low calorie, high fiber, and high in protein. So it's great for you to help maintain or lose weight. Go visit BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next purchase. That promo code is LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. I have a Built Bar every single morning, and it helps me stay alert and awake all throughout my day, especially on game days when watching the Aggies have a chance to take home a victory. Go get yourself a built bar and cheer on the 12th man this upcoming weekend. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here with Travis Seat Talk at Hall Things, Texas AM. Guys, make sure you're following the podcast on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson at Locked On Aggies. Subscribe on iTunes and listen on Spotify if you can't do any of that. Listen live every single day at lockedonpodcast.com. Three ways to win. That is what this all comes down to. You don't need a massive playbook. You don't really need a million different reasons on why this is detrimental. Everyone knows that this is a big game for Jimbo Fisher. Everyone knows this is a big game for Kellen Mott. Everyone understands that AM season kind of rides on this game. So let's talk about it. What are the three ways to win? Number one, go with what you know. I've mentioned this multiple times in the past on this podcast. And anyone who's listened to the show, you can always go back and listen to other opposite episodes. I'm a big fan of the Cleveland Browns. Not because of I think that Kevin Stefanski is a great coach or I grew up in Cleveland, but because of they finally figured out what works for the team. It's running the ball. It's trusting 
that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are actually the face of the franchise on offense. And Baker Mayfield is just a piece of it. There's nothing wrong with being a piece of something that's perfect. And I'm not saying that the Browns offense is, but they're a lot better in 2020 than they were in 2019 because of Stefanski's mode. Now, again, this was a guy who helped set a record straight out in Minnesota with the likes of Dalvin Cook, and now he's doing the same with number 27 and number 24. But what works is he's letting Baker Mayfield throw roughly 189 yards per game, but he's limiting the turnovers. He's limiting the chances for big-time plays going in the opposite direction. He's allowing what works to work, and that's why Cleveland sits on most big boards as a top-10 team in the NFL and at 3-1 and one on the record books. You have three talented running backs in the likes of Devon on Shane, in the likes of Isaiah Spiller, and in the likes of Anaya Smith, each of whom has a trait that makes them special. Ashane is pure speed. Smith is a mix of both. And brute strength belongs to Isaiah Spiller. Spiller, who in his first game in the SEC this year, rushed for 117 yards. Meanwhile, you had Smith, who did a fantastic job as both a dual threat wide receiver, his old natural position, and running the ball on option plays. First game, he scored a 54-yard touchdown, and last game, he scored two more through the air. Then you have Oshane, who can win with pure speed. Get him to the second and third line of defense. Watch him fly. Don't deny what works. And right now, running offenses are different in the SEC. But for Kellen Mond to make sure that those turnovers are limited, because he does have five on the year, whether he likes it or not, four on the year. He still has four, which is two per game. And one turnover is enough. Reason number two, ways to win. Go to the big man on third down. Last week against Alabama, AM was 54% efficient on third down. They targeted a season high, Jalen Weidemeyer. Weidemeyer is a six foot four tight end mismatch for most outside linebackers and most safeties who are playing down in the box. His ability to make most of his, of his carries after the catch, as he's averaging 10 yards, 10.8 yards per catch of 10 catches for 101 yards, makes him a vital threat on third down. And he's not an elite route runner, but he does enough to get by to win that initial contact. All you got to do is wait for him to break off a big play against a linebacker and go for him. He'll do the rest on his own. Go target your main player. Right now, wide receiver is a weakness. AM does not have the likes of Jamon Osmond. They're still wondering to see who will take over as wide receiver one. Can it be Jalen Preston? Maybe Caleb Chapman? How about Cam Brown or Chase Lane? Or maybe Damon Demas, the top 25 five-star, who came from Tomball and was expected to be a vital point of the Aggies offense breaks out in this game. Until that happens, you don't have a wide receiver number one, but you do have a tight end that can win in mismatches. Number three, create turnovers. This is an Aggie defense that has the ability to wreak havoc at all three levels. Week one, you saw two turnovers by Leon O'Neill and Damani Richardson. And in week two, you saw a third by DeMarvin Leal on a tip ball by Michael Clemens. Clemens also has three sacks on the year. So you have the ability to get in the backfield. 
Pressuring Kyle Trask into throwing the ball is going to be a big time way to win this game. Any single time you look at a young receiving core, which is technically what Florida is, even though these players are juniors and seniors, a lot of them did not see the field last year. So building that repertoire takes time. Any person who's ever covered an offense can tell you it takes time. And in a limited offseason in practice, that's why you're likely seeing a guy like Trask go to pick so often. So make sure you're playing strong cover one, cover two defense. Make sure you're playing man. Make sure you have your two big guys in the Jones twins, Jalen and Miles, not really twins, but they do have the same last name, playing up on the line of scrimmage. Make sure you have a third safety rotating around or Devin Morris who plays your nickel position kind of close by on one of the sides. The last thing you want to see is a play get burnt downfield. But tight coverage allows less opportunities to score. And when threading the needle into a short pocket, it can lead to a big turnover. And if there's one thing you can say, Damani Richardson, Keldrick Harper, Devin Morris, Miles Jones, Jalen Jones, and Leon O'Neal might not be the top secondary in the SEC, but they're scrappy, they're hungry, and they certainly know exactly what to look for when that ball is in the air. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast every single day on iTunes, Spotify, and of course at LockedOnPodcast.com. Follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson at Locked on Aggies. And tomorrow we will be back with a crossover episode. We will have Zach Goodall and Demetrius Harvey from the Locked on Gators podcast previewing everything else you need to know going into Saturday's game when the Aggies host the Florida Gators for an 11 a.m. kickoff in what is sure to be one of the top games of the SEC. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, this has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.